Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 29th day of June. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me as we are closing out the regular version of the podcast for the month of June. And I mean this little six to eight minute version we do every day. Because on the 30th, the final day of the month, we'll do the essay edition. That's where I sit down and write write out some thoughts. Usually takes, oh, anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes of, of uh, reading it. So it's not long, but just a little longer than normal of thoughts on a passage of scripture or a topic. This particular essay is going to be from Mark chapter 12, the parable of the wicked vine dressers. I'm a big parables fan. So we'll get into that tomorrow and that will encompass the first, oh, 10 verses or so of the 12th chapter of Mark. Okay, that means that we need to cover the final verses of the gospel of Mark today. Let's go ahead and read from 25 to 33, and then I'm going to do this backwards. I want to comment on the end, and then we're going to land on the main body of this, which is the forgiveness passage, but we'll go ahead and read it all. And whenever you stand, pray. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he'll say, Why did you not... Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, I'm going to deal with that last part first, verses 27 to 33. It's just an extended conversation in which the Pharisees try to ascertain how Jesus is doing what he is doing. But Jesus wants to turn the question to them because he knows their heart's not in the right place. They're not asking his authority in the way that Peter, James, and John might, in which he's glad to tell them that it's the Father. But they're asking him to corner him. And so Jesus turns that corner and says, well, what do you think? First of all, tell me what you thought of John. Because Jesus knows that they didn't accept John, but they don't want to publicly proclaim that they didn't accept John for fear of the people. And they don't want to claim John because then they, Jesus can claim, well, if he did that from God, then why did you guys reject him? Because it's the same thing with Jesus. If they publicly dis, show their disdain for Jesus, the crowd might turn on them. But if they show that they believe Jesus is from God, then they need to do the things that Jesus has told them to do. Well, they can't do that. He just cleared the temple. This has been a big deal the last 48 hours. Jesus comes in there with a whip and knocks stuff over. And now they want to know where he got the authority. And if they admit his authority is from God, then they have to change their entire system. Accepting that Jesus is from the Father will force you to change your entire system of religion. Because if he's from the Father, then God looks like Jesus. If he's not from the Father, then Jesus is at odds with God. And we've preached for too long that Jesus is at odds with God. Now, that 
then we work backwards to the statement that opened that. And that's that famous, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I want you to remember that when you take the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, 7, and you combine it with this stuff from Mark, you get a complete picture, a little more complete picture of what Jesus is saying. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about offering your gifts on the altar. This is a, a sacrificial statement about going to the altar and leaving a gift. Don't think wooden bench at your church, but their sacrificial system. He said, if you're going to do that, and then you realize that you've someone's got something against you, go make up with your accuser while, you're, while you can, because if you don't, he's going to take you to the judge, he's going to put you in prison, then come back and offer your sacrifice. In other words, make amends with the people in your life don't assume that making amends with God makes amends with people. So you go, well, I got all of these issues with my coworker. I got all these issues with my next door neighbor. I got all these issues with my spouse. But I'm going to take care of me and God first. And that will take care of the rest of it. And that don't, don't think that's the case. Yes, take care of the issues with you and God. But don't neglect the issues with your neighbor. And here's why. It's not just because of your neighbor It's because of you. Because at the end of the day, what Jesus, I think, is saying in Mark 11, 25 has nothing to do with the inability of God to forgive you. God's not bound to not forgive you because you don't forgive someone else. But there's no way that you know you are forgiven if you walk in unforgiveness. Because Jesus tells the story of a man who comes to his creditor and has no money, and the bill is way over his head. He's never going to be able to pay it back. And his creditor, the master, forgives him the debt. And he goes out into the street, and he finds someone that owes him a little bit. And he throws that man in jail. And the the moral of the story is, if you don't realize the magnitude to which you're forgiven, you will withhold forgiveness from other people. And I think at the end of the day... What it says is that wherever there's unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else, there's a lack of receiving forgiveness in your own life from God, probably related to that area. And so when you carry guilt and shame and condemnation for things you've done, said, been a part of, whatever, you will project that out onto other people who have those issues. I've seen it in ministry where people have things, quote-unquote, skeletons in their closet, and then that's what they preach really hard against. Well, of course they do, because wherever they're struggling with accepting the truth about themselves in those areas, they're going to struggle with accepting the truth about other people in those areas. And so forgive because you're forgiven. Also, that 26th verse is not in our earliest Greek. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. But to be fair, a very similar thing is said in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, tomorrow is the 30th. It's an essay. It's from chapter 12, the parable of the wicked vine dressers. I'm even going to let the essay, in the intro to the essay, we'll talk about my love for parables. It's part of the essay tomorrow as I sort of bear my soul in this story. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too. See you then. God bless.